Welcome to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Listen and grow as Dell questions the status quo, encourages you to think differently, and empowers you to make a better life. Get ready as Dell challenges core beliefs, seeks the truth, and reveals the roadmap to the lifestyle you really want. And now your host, multi-millionaire, national award-winning investor, CEO and founder of Lifestyles Unlimited, Del Wamsley. Welcome to the Del Wamsley Radio Show, where the hype ends and the help begins. I'm your host, Del Wamsley, and as always, we're working on your financial freedom. My friends, I want to ask you a question. Have you ever thought to yourself this thought that, God, if I had that to do over again, I would? I mean, it's, it's something that you, you think about many, many different times in your life. Different things come up and occur. I've had it happen on various or sundry different things in life as I'd build something or I'd do something or I'd learn something and start something new and go, boy, I wish I had that to do over again. Well, the topic I'm going to talk about today here to start, and I've got many topics today, but this is the starting topic, is that over the last... Uh, 60, 90, 120 days, I've been talking about the fact that the marketplace is changing for commercial real estate, by the way. And the commercial real estate out there, the apartment complexes, which is what we buy of it. Now, by the way, um, office buildings are crashing. It's just dying. Office buildings were killed because people stopped working in the offices. I mean, they after COVID or during COVID, they all went home. And they found out they could get the job done at home. And a lot of people found out they'd rather be at home. So I'm going to get a job where I can work from home. So office space is dying. Uh, there's other stuff like that. Big shopping centers are going broke because people don't go to stores anymore. I mean, I buy everything online. I mean, it, it, it's going to crush these big box stores. That's all there is to it. Except if you need something right this second, this second. I mean, when they're doing, they figured it out overnight shipping. The apartment industry, which we're in, what happened to it was that it was the last bastion of great investments available because people need places to live. And the occupancies are high. We've been increasing rents, you know, at very high rates up until just this last few months. And all of a sudden, you know, we're looking at a situation where the prices got so high, the inflation was so high that the Fed started raising interest rates. And many people got into something called adjustable rate mortgages, which I screamed and yelled and stamped my foot up and down about, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. They're leading you down the road of destruction. And of course, unfortunately, I was right. And I'm not saying that because I want to be right. I'm saying that because it's true and it's killing people. And people want to know why, why don't you see that real estate is bad? Real estate isn't bad. Those loans were bad. In fact, anywhere you look, you'll find that Real estate and apartments especially are still the darling of the investment world. We're still occupied. We're still making money. Everything still makes sense, except for two factors. The fact that because these interest rates were so low, people were willing to pay too high prices for their properties, and they paid too much. And I just won't pay too much. I know what a property produces, and I know what it's worth based on what it produces. Now, when they start selling these properties based on what they might produce in the future, it's called pro forma. That's when I got out of buying. I said, nope, I'm gonna sit on the sideline and buy something else. And I did, I started buying grocery stores. And I did very well with grocery stores. 
I'm back to the apartments now. And the reason I'm back to the apartments is because the Fed raised the interest rates so high that the sellers finally and the brokers finally and the mortgage brokers finally realized they were not going to get away with selling properties way above what they're actually worth. Now, you have to understand, when you buy an apartment for what it's actually worth, it's a very, very profitable investment. But when you pay 20, 30, 40, 50% more than what it's worth, then it's not profitable anymore. You've parked your money. Yeah, you found a place to put your money, but it's not profitable anymore. And you say, well, all the long-term benefits of real estate will eventually come into play and, and you'll be okay. And the truth is you'll be okay, but it will be a moderate investment, not an exciting, great investment. So here we go. We're sitting here and I'm talking about this for 90 days. I did a seminar last weekend and had literally thousands of people listen to it, get excited about the fact that now we're going to be able to go back out there and buy the real estate for what it's really worth. And that was exciting. And part of the excitement of the issue was that the real estate itself wasn't dying. The profitability of the real estate was still there. However, the market has started to soften up a little bit to where we couldn't raise rents at double-digit rates anymore. Uh, we can only raise rents at smaller percentages. Um, but that's not lowering rents. That's not just staying the same. That's just raising slower. But the, the economy is starting to slow it down a little bit, right? Well, lo and behold, one of the things that was looming in the background was the fact that because there's been a demand for apartments and units and housing units that was unfulfilled for the last five years, people started building apartment complexes. And the problem with building anything, especially apartment complexes, is that the demand is always out in front of the supply. So when you finally do catch up with the supply and they go, wow, we got to build this stuff. There's great opportunity here as a builder. And it takes three years to put one of these buildings on the ground, five years to put it on the ground and lease it up. So these buildings are just now starting to hit from the demand that was there three years ago. And I'm going to read you this article. And it's from a company that sells a product on how to lease up properties quickly. So there's a little marketing behind it, but I'll just, you know, we'll just look at it for what it is. It says, somewhat ominously, national net absorption fell from roughly 28,000 units in May to less than 9,000 units in June. Now, what is absorption? Absorption means that somebody built an apartment complex or 10 people built an apartment complex, had vacant units that had never been leased, and absorption is the number of units that had never been leased that got leased. So, if we go over this again so you understand it, it said that uh, nationally absorption fell roughly 28,000 units in May. It fell 28,000 to less than 9,000 units in June. So that means that in May, before April, May, April, there would have been 28,000 more absorbed units than in May. So 28 plus 9 is 37, I believe. So they absorbed 37,000 units in April, but in May, it dropped only 9,000 units. So what does that indicate? That indicates that they have overbuilt and that there's not this demand out there that get it to absorb all these new units coming on, right? 
So that new construction is going to put pressure on occupancy. So these people are already not able to do re- rehabs or make readies. They're running out of money, if not already out of money. They, they can't keep up with the fact that the interest rates are sucking the cash right out of their businesses. And they can't do the kinds of things you need to do to really operate your property correctly. Pretty soon your property becomes shoddy. Now, everybody uh, in different states and places has run into Increased costs, property taxes, insurance, and so forth. That's part of business. That happens everywhere, and it's going to continue to happen, just like all tenants run into increased rents. Your costs go up as a business person, but your your income goes up as a business person. You know, it's all the vicious cycle of inflation that is very, very prevalent right now, no matter what the Democrats tell you. Why are all these people on strike? Because of the inflation. What this article said is that there's this new increased number of buildings available that are empty. And that is creating demand or occupancy um, problems. And so I looked at buying a property. Uh, The particular business uh, was a small apartment, and it was going out of business. It had about 100 and some units to it. And I just thought of picking it up from one of my kids. You know, it's a small little project for a kid to grow up with. But when I did the research, even though the price had come down like 20% from what it originally sold for, Right across the street was a 320-unit apartment complex, brand new, being built that had not hit the ground yet. And I said to myself and my wife, I said, look, do you understand? This is a little 100-unit. When they put a 320-unit across the street and they go, we're going to let everybody get in for half price uh, to lease this place up, they are going to suck this place dry. This place is going to lose 10 or 20% occupancy overnight. When that place opens its doors, it's just going to happen. And so this property needs to sell for even less than what they're able to sell it for or willing to sell it for right now. And so I just, you know, left the person because I didn't want to, you know, go beat them up anymore. They'd already been beat up enough for the price they're willing to sell it for. It was a problem. I saw it coming. Now you say, well, somebody else buys that and they open the 320 unit right across the street from them and they get wiped out. And you go, Well, real estate's bad. No, real estate's not bad. Real estate's easy. People are bad. Bad isn't the word for it. They're stupid. People are uneducated in what they're doing. They're making dumb decisions. And that's why you get wiped out in anything you do. But real estate is the one that it's very hard to get wiped out in. You have to really do something extremely dumb to get wiped out in real estate. And I have so many people I've talked to that they're lead investors lost all their money. And the lead investor goes, it's not my fault. It's the economy's fault. It's the Democrats' fault. (laughs) It's your fault, guy. Uh, Because you did it. And because it was very visible that it was going to occur. All these people that lost it said, no, we didn't see it coming. There's no way. See, there's a whole group of people, I'm going to share this with you, that have been in real estate since 2009. And the price of real estate has gone up every year since 2009. Remember, I went in 2008 when it crashed. I bought when it was crashing. Then I watched everything I bought go up and up and up and up for the last 15 years, I guess it is. 2008, 2000, what would that be? 18, three is seven more, 20 years, 15 years. So for 15 years, the price has gone up. There are people that have only been in the business three, five, seven, even 10 years, and they've never seen a downturn. So they have no idea one can occur. In fact, they couldn't believe one could actually occur because everything was so good. There was no way anything could be bad. Now they're getting wiped out. 
That's the way it happens. Now you throw this new stressor in there, which is this overbuilding, overconstruction. Now they're going to start seeing occupancy problems. Now, when you've already got interest rate problems and your cost of your mortgage is going up faster than your income is, and your taxes and insurance are going up what they should, well, not should go up, but do go up because of inflation. And I mean, I say they are going up because of inflation. Then you are now getting hit from all sides. And there's only one way to go. Get out and lose money. We'll take a short break. Be right back with the Del Wamsley Radio Show. to creating the lifestyle you really want. Keep listening. The Del Wamsley Radio Show returns in moments. A reminder from Del Wamsley, CEO of Lifestyles Unlimited. Remember this. Sellers, motivated sellers are found, but deals are made. It's valuable information. Learn how to find those motivated sellers and get the deals done. Join our free online workshop and learn how to retire in five years or less at lifestylesunlimitedworkshop.com. Lifestylesunlimitedworkshop.com. Once again, that's lifestylesunlimitedworkshop.com. You're hearing the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Want more life-changing knowledge? Access our podcast and listen on demand at lifestylesunlimited.com under the radio tab. Now your host, Dell Wamsley. Welcome back to Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Today we have been discussing for the whole first half of the show about what happens if you look backwards and see in 2020 vision that what you did wasn't the right thing to do. And we've been making a roundabout point that I've been, for the last 90, 120 days, telling people that the real estate market has changed, the prices are going down, that people that had not positioned themselves correctly in real estate, the ones that have just made bad decisions as far as the investments they've made in the last year or two, maybe three even, but I think it's really more the last year or two. Um, th- some of those people are starting to feel it, and some of them are actually going to lose their properties. Uh, I'm, I'm hearing the stories. I'm seeing it. I knew it was going to happen, but I'm already it's, it's actually happening. So then this article comes out that says that, you know, we're overbuilt in construction, which means that the occupancy of some of these people's property is going to suffer. And that's going to make it even more opportunistic for those people to fail. We're in a position where we can take advantage of that right now. I've set up a whole weekend. I actually did a seminar I haven't done in years just to get people ready for this. I've got another seminar coming up September 30th. By the way, if you're a Lifestyles member, you need to get to this September 30th event. You need to register either live or online, whichever you'd rather come. But you've got to get to this event because I'm going to outline the the factual information you're going to need to know. I'm going to have lenders there. I'm going to have insurance people there. Um, we're going to have tax consultant people there. We're going to try to get you all the information you need. And uh, this is not an extra paid event. This is for 
uh, the members already. So if you're already a member, you need to get to this event. But what it is, it's our internal setup of how we're going to attack these deals and be on top of these deals as they fall out. A couple of them have already fallen out. We've already bought a couple of them. And I anticipate there's going to be more of them. In fact, I anticipate there's probably going to be even better ones, which leads me to the next email that I have here. And it says, it goes on and on and on, tells about how much they like the seminar. That's irrelevant. It comes down to this. I came to a case study last week when you spoke about a tornado coming to real estate market. Interest rates and how many great deals you're going to come to the market within the next 6 to 12 months. All right? That's what we've been talking about. He then goes on and says, all this being said, we've got the capital to invest in one or two more single-family houses until I can refinance in 18 months or so. Or should we upgrade our membership and hopefully find a passive deal that we could get into for $25,000? Um, the question is, if he uses some money to upgrade, he would lose some of his investable capital. And in many cases, that would be the right thing to do. In this particular case, though, we're always going to end up with this 25000 bucks. I would suggest not. Let me tell you why. When I did the, the seminar uh, last weekend, not last weekend, the weekend before, I guess it was, two weekends ago. Time flies. Um, I had my single-family real estate uh, sales manager for my real estate company in Houston uh, come in and look up properties for sale. And he brought up properties for sale live right there in the room just to prove they can be had. And we get 90% of our properties, you know, from uh, what we'd call secret deals. And that's not the word for it. They're, they're deals that we get that are not listed, right? They're unlisted deals. They're just something that we know about. We find out about because we have so many tech, tentacles in the water, so to speak. But he pulled one up right off MLS, and it was like a $69,000 profit with, um, I don't know, $22,000 down payment. Well, back to these people. Being that's the case that those deals are out there with very large capital gains, they tell, why is there such large capital gains? Because the interest rates are so high that the average person who isn't an investor cannot afford to buy these properties. And only as an investor do you want to buy these properties if you get a significant discount. Now, the other thing is prices are so high now that $69,000 is a smaller percentage than $25,000 gain we used to get on a lower price. So it's just the way it works. So this was a $69,000 gain on a $22,000 investment. Now, this person here, if he's got enough money to join up the program and, and then spend $25,000 more, he could buy two of these properties. And Heaven forbid, and the guy's already a member, so there's no need for him to pay extra to get consulting um, if he doesn't need to. If he wants to, he can, but if he doesn't need to, I would take that money right now. Now, 18 months later, when he can refinance his house and pull it out, and then he wants to get involved, then that would be fine. There's no problem about that. That makes sense. But don't let this money sit here for 12 to 18 months and do nothing. Um because it's, it's, it, you could be making some big bucks right now. So one of the points I'm going to get across to people, and I had somebody else write me an email, and I thought this was the one, but it doesn't really follow with what and or track what I was trying to get across. And that is they're saying, maybe I should wait until the market goes all the way down. Don't wait until the market goes all the way down. Because what happens, and I, I've showed this with charts and graphs 
at the, the two-day seminar I just did, that the second the market hits the bottom, it jumps back up because everybody's no longer afraid. And then, boom, everybody gets in. The prices go flying back up. And not only do they go flying back up, the difference is there's lots and lots of competition now. So when those deals go flying up, you won't get one. And the prices will go flying right by where you're willing to pay. And you end up going, boy, if that ever happens again, I will change what I did and go back in. Well, guess what? You have that opportunity right now to do what is right. But you've got to make that change. You've got to get in there right now and get started doing this. So for these people, I thought that they should not put it off. They need to get out there buying right now is what they need to do. All right. Next email says, my wife and I are both in our early 30s with a young son. We've got really good credit, but not much money to use. And we're paying off a mortgage. Is it possible to get into life sales program with our situation or are we stuck until we get extra money? If we pull every investment we have, including savings, we're likely to come up with 30 grand, but that would come with tax consequences. Just asking. All right. So let's go back to the story I just told you. You know, whatever it is, the tax consequences are to pull out 30 grand. Let's say it's a tax of 10 to 15 percent. Because if they're, if they're young, they don't make much money. They're in a low tax bracket. So if uh, they pull it out, it's going to be somewhere, you know, 10 to 15 percent of 30. That's three of the. They have to have a calculator. I mean, 15 percent of 30, that should be easy math for me, you know, but you get old and the brain goes numb. So let's just do it right, make sure I don't make a mistake. So 30 grand, one, two, three times, let's say, 15 percent tax maximum, $4,500. So that's going to mean they're going to end up with $25,000. Well, they can still do that $22,000 deal and make 69000 bucks. So my answer to this email is yes, you absolutely should get out there even at age 30. And whatever the tax consequences are, their taxes, you own the money anyway. That's what people don't understand. You owe that $4,500 on those taxes. If you wait until you get into a higher tax bracket, you're going to have to pay more to get that money out. And the money's sitting there earning you nothing. I'd much rather see you go out there and earn forty or 50000 buck capital gain on that money uh, right now. And that money, if done correctly, followed our plan, is going to be tax-deferred. And if you tax-defer it over and over and over again, it becomes tax-deferred for life. And so it slips out of the mouth of many people presenting this information. It's tax-free income. It's not really tax-free. It's tax-deferred. If you know what you're doing, however, you can tax-defer it over and over and over again and never pay taxes. And we do that. I mean, literally, that's what we teach people to do, is to be able to earn their tax, in their, earn their income in a tax-free, and what I'm calling free is really tax-deferred environment, right? So with this, you make a lot more money. So if you can go out there and you can make that fifty grand and not have to pay taxes on it, that's so much better than pulling the thirty grand out, right? So the the, the little bit of taxes you pay on the thirty grand is just the taxes you already owe. That 30 grand was earned income. That's why you owe taxes on it. You have to pay taxes on earned income. The income you earn from being a real estate investor is going to be passive income. It's going to be tax deferred because of depreciation. And so you're not going to pay taxes on that income if you do this correctly, right? Pulling uh, an email out of the mailbag right now, and um, it's a rather interesting one. So we're going to work through it here and see if it helps anybody out there. It says, uh, it was a great pleasure to meet you in person last Sunday. That was the two-day event that I just had. 
Thank you for guiding me and how to operate a small apartment complex. As you normally say, real estate is not hard. People is hard. No, what I really say is real estate is easy. People are, people are difficult. The more I do real estate, the more I agree that this statement is your, I agree with this statement of yours. Like you, I am an introvert and communication is not my strength. By the way, it'd be hard to believe that I'm an introvert, right? But uh, I always was. I was a little fat kid when I was growing up, 200 pounds in fourth grade, Coke bottle glasses, shaved head, just because my dad was too cheap to get me a haircut, so they just shaved my head. It was weird, but uh, I, didn't, I didn't get along with people very well. Said, uh, may you please share your tips to become who you are now. They're a little challenged on the English language, but that's fine, not a problem. Uh, you're a charming speaker, expert networker. Different people have different mindsets. How can you reach meeting their mindset? I think this is a perfect example that the first thing I did to learn how to communicate with people is I took a course by Dale Carnegie. On, and the course was a communications course because I was going, I was in the health club business and I was uh, a great expert at physical fitness. I'm trying to say how to say this. I was very good at what I did, except. My communication skills were poor. Uh, so I had challenges with uh, employees, bosses, uh, selling, and so on and so forth. So since communication is 99% of success in life, I believe, I mean, it really is, you have to be able to communicate what you want someone else to take action on or believe in. Um, when they offered to send us to training courses, I said, man, I'm on it. Let's go. So the book that we used um, sort of as a manual when we were going through this course on communications was uh, How to Win Friends and Influence People. I think it was from Dale Carnegie. And the book was very, very good. And I recommend it. If you have any challenges at all with communication, pick up the book at least. You know, it can't cost me a couple bucks. And one of the main premises, and I think the starting premise, was at first seek to understand. Most of us go into communicational situations where we seek to be understood. Problem with that is no one's listening. No one cares how much you know till they know how much you care. And so the people that are really great communicators, if you ever watch them, they don't just spurt out a bunch of stuff. They actually get to know who their audience is first. And on a one-on-one -on -one basis, that is seek to understand. And so, for instance, just like this email here, uh, I have to read this email and I have to understand this person is working through uh, English challenges, no big deal. And I have to figure out what they're actually trying to say. That's what you have to do many times in communication, especially personal. I'll be speaking to someone, even in a live seminar, they'll ask a question, I go, I didn't understand that or don't hear it, instead of just make up an answer to throw at them. And I see a lot of speakers do that all the time on the radio. Um, so as you go on here, you learn that if you listen, and I sometimes I have to at seminars walk up to people all the way up close to them so I can read their lips and their body language while they're speaking and asking the question. The next thing you have to learn is after you understand who you're speaking to and what they're really wanting to know, you then have to understand a word called empathy. And this is something that really helped me a lot when I was going through this program. Empathy is when you totally understand what they're going through. Sympathy is believing the same way they do. Oh, my gosh, I feel just like you. I'm so sorry for you. 
No. Empathy is, man, I really empathize on the situation you've gotten yourself into. I can really see it's a predicament. I feel your pain. Now, I don't agree with anything you're saying. I don't think it's the government's fault. I think it's your fault. I don't think it's the Fed's fault. It's your fault. You did this to yourself. And if you can keep this in the back of your mind that you don't have to be sympathetic to be empathetic, you can then build some empathy. So you find out what they're really all about, be concerned about what they're communicating, then have empathy for it. You'll find that when you want to get your point across, they'll be a whole lot more interested in hearing what you have to say. And that, my friends, is what I hope I do for you here on the radio. For the rest of your life, remember, it's not the money. It's the lifestyle. Have a wonderful day. We'll see you tomorrow. Listening to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Want more of Dell's unconventional wisdom? Go to lifestylesunlimited.com and click the radio tab. Listen to past shows, hear podcasts on demand, and find out how you can change your life today. The Dell Wamsley Radio Show is part of the Lifestyles Unlimited Radio Network. The information and opinions you hear on the Del Wamsley Radio Show are those of the host, Del Wamsley, his guests, and his callers, and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of this station, its affiliates, its management, or advertisers. The Del Wamsley Show is for entertainment purposes only. Please consult a professional regarding your personal investment needs. Nothing presented on the Del Wamsley Show constitutes an endorsement, recommendation, offer, or solicitation to buy or sell any product or security.